Henry Bouchot, Whittier City Council member and candidate for Senate District 32. And I'm here at Whittier City Hall with Richard Brasita of the Truth and Democracy Coalition. We're here at the Democracy Can't Wait Town Hall. And I want to introduce you to Richard. Uh, we're here to celebrate democracy, to defend democracy, and to make sure that we have public awareness of some really important public laws that are coming together and some really pressing issues that we're facing right now when it comes to defending the vote. So Richard, why don't you take it away? Yes, so my name is Rich Placida. I'm the founder of the Truth and Democracy Coalition. And democracy is in crisis, not only here in Whittier, but nationally and all over the world. Democracy is collapsing, partly because of the United States. But right now, we need to fight for democracy. What does, what's the quote that says, what does democracy? Fight for democracy, I forget what that quote, that was my favorite quote, I'm sorry. Um, but that's what we have to do. No matter where we are with this democracy, we have to fight for it. We have to fight for our rights. We cannot take democracy for granted. So Richard, what are some of the issues that we're talking about today? We're talking about four, three pieces of legislation, maybe four, the For the People Act, the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act, the DC Admissions Act, and then we need to take advantage of the filibuster. We need to get rid of the filibuster. So, um, so we need to do because democracy is threatened. We just went through a coup attempt, a failed coup attempt, and another one is on the way right now. We're waiting. What they're doing is they're suppressing the vote. Over 400 laws restricting voting access have been proposed. And 30 of those laws have already been passed. And some of those laws allow partisan officials or state legislatures to overturn the elections. So this is a slow rolling, still trying to overthrow our government. Some, some states, some legislatures are trying to make it more difficult for people to vote. But there's also some potential laws in Congress that would maybe stop that in its tracks and make it more uh, easy for people to vote. Can you tell us what one of those uh, is and what people out there can do uh, to help support that? Well, one thing that's coming up right now with the census data coming out is districting. It's going to be gerrymandering. And what that does is that's a way of make, setting di congressional districts in a way that favors one party. So what it does is creates more extremist politicians. They don't have to respond to the people in the community who are opposed to them or have different points of view. They just need to appeal to their base. So that's coming up. And that's why it's an emergency to pass the Ford the People Act now and to remove the filibuster as an obstacle if necessary so that we can stop gerrymandering, make it illegal before... They set those districts, which are set to last for 10 years. Wow. Wow. It's a really important time for people to get involved. Democracy doesn't sleep, neither do we. We're going to add uh, instructions on how you can get in touch with your congressional representatives so you can let them know the importance of supporting this law, supporting this act, and stopping voter suppression in its tracks.
right. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for the invite. And we really look forward to supporting you on your efforts to keep the book on really new spots. Thank you, Henry. I appreciate it. Welcome to Bible Study for Progressives, a show where moderates, liberals, and leftists of all faiths and ideologies come together to discuss scripture, spirituality, and politics. We have the councilmen here and I want to get to them as soon as possible because there's a limited amount of time. But I need to get us started. I need to set some ground rules. My name is Rich Procida. I'm the founder of the Truth and Democracy Coalition, and I'm hosting this event. So first of all, this is not a campaign event. The event is sponsored by a coalition of groups, including Represent Us, the Truth and Democracy Coalition, the Declaration for American De Democracy, Public Citizen, the Transformative Justice Coalition, and Faithful Democracy. Councilmember Henry Bourgeau is our guest here to help us lead, help lead us in this discussion. Second, we will follow the rule of law because we are a nation of laws. The American way of life is protected by our Constitution and the separation of powers. So we will honor the rulings of the courts as res judicata, meaning the issue has already been decided. So we will not be discussing issues already decided by the courts and certified by the states and Congress. Furthermore, we will not be considering any conspiracy theories and we will resist false propaganda. Third, we will limit the discussion to voter suppression, the current state of American democracy, both locally and nationally, and the global collapse of democracy. We will consider the effects of the over 400 proposed laws in 49 states, with 30 laws already enacted in 18 states, restricting access to voting. We will talk about our sacred and fundamental right to vote that every law-abiding citizen has, of which we cannot be easily deprived. We will demand that Congress pass the For the People Act to set national standards to ensure that elections are clean and fair, to ensure that every citizen can vote and that every vote is counted. We demand that Congress stay in session and not go on recess until it passes before the People Act to stop gerrymandering and voter suppression. And gerrymandering is the process of drawing state and congressional districts in a way that benefits one party. Voter suppression is making it more difficult to vote and these practices lead to more extremist politicians who need only appeal to their base to win and more, and it leads to more corruption. We need districts that represent the interests of our communities, not the interests of political parties and politicians. So the For the People Act bans gerrymandering. This is why we must pass it now before we begin drawing congressional districts based on the soon-to-be-released census data, 
and these newly drawn districts will be in effect for 10 years. So we're passing a petition to sign. We have buttons, literature, uh, water, not so cold water, and uh, sunscreen if you need it, and sanitizer. And we have the council member, Henry Bouchot, who will lead our discussions. And afterwards, we will invite the people to address the community. I want to introduce to you our honorable city council member, Henry Bouchot, who has graciously accepted our invitation. Good morning, everyone. You ever heard the saying, if you're not at the table, you know how to finish this? You know how it goes? You're on the menu. And that's one of the reasons why I ran for elected office in 2018. I wanted to be at the table. And I was very fortunate because for many, many years, the city of Whittier elected its representatives through an at-large voting system. So what that meant was that if you wanted to get elected in Whittier, you had to run throughout, you had to run and be elected by every voter throughout the city. Which in some ways sounds like common sense, except when you think of the fact that it had a very disparate racial impact. By that I mean uh, there had never been a Latino elected official, despite the fact that the town had become majority Latino for many, many years. And so thanks to a act that the state of California passed, we for the first time had district elections. And I, I knocked on 5,000 doors on my own to make sure that people had a voice on the city council. Now, I come from a military background. I served in the United States Marine Corps, and I served in Afghanistan with the Marine Infantry Unit. I was an, an attorney. And if you remember back then, um, one of the major efforts that our military had, both in Iraq and Afghanistan, was beyond keeping the peace and building up civil infrastructure, was what? Do you remember? Once a year or so, every, uh, elections. Free and fair elections. Remember that it was a big, big deal. And there'd be a lot of news reporting around the day when we were making our best effort to keep either the Taliban or other insurgent forces from interfering with elections, right? Because the feeling is that you can't really have a functional government, a functional society without faith in your, in your elections. And fast forward to last January, and what happened at, this, at the Capitol in Washington, D.C. Now, I've been to D.C. I did my training in Quantico, Virginia. You know, I've been, I've walked to the Capitol. You know, I, I've, I've been at the Iwo Jima Memorial, you know, with the beautiful, beautiful statue of the Marines lifting the flag uh, at Mount Suribachi. And I will tell you, that was probably the worst day that I've had, not only as an elected official, but as a civic participant and as an American. You know, I felt it in my gut, as if somebody had punched me personally. And I think part of it is that you contrast just what a leader we were 
in terms of spreading democracy throughout the world. I mean, there was a period in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s, when they talked about the end of history. Remember that when they talked about, you know, there being a there being a renaissance for democracy throughout the world, where America was leading the way and setting the, the example. And on January sixth, I think it brought home for me and a lot of people just how much a threat we have here at home. Just how much our democracy needs work, constant work. Right, and defense. Now, back in 1913, the, the British did not have the vote for women. They had only men could vote. And throughout history, for the most part, uh, only men and only men with property have been able to vote. Now, there's a woman by the name of Emily Davison. Uh, Emily Davison was a, was a teacher. She was from a middle-class family, and she was with the women's... Uh, Suffragette party. Now Emily went was pretty. Is a pretty great example of what it means to put your own self and your own life on the line for our for our democracy. Emily went on hunger strikes. She had to be force fed. You know she did uh, sit-ins and stay-ins and protests and marching and. One day, uh, the British had this really famous uh, race, kind of like the Kentucky Derby. You know, it's a big deal. The king has a horse that races in this race. And Emily got on the horse to race and sort of broke in to the race as the king's horse is, you know, breaking out of the gate to go and pin a suffragette flag on the king's horse. And she was knocked off her horse and died. Died right there in front of the king and in front of all the assembled people at the Darby. And yet five years later, women in Britain had the right to vote. So, I bring that up because it's an example of what's possible for us. Now, I, I don't recommend you jumping on a horse anytime soon, uh, or, or necessarily putting your life on the line, but I think January 6th is a reminder of what is at stake. This is not simply a theoretical issue. It's not even just a federal issue. So in Whittier, after I was unexpectedly uh, elected to the city council and defeated a nine-term incumbent who had first been elected in 1976, the state, so, so I got elected in an April off-cycle election. The voter turnout was about 18%. The state passed a law that said that any city that wasn't able to reach 25% voter turnout had to either change their election in line with the state's primary or with the general election, which typically has higher voter turnout. Now, city council had to make that change, and they did. We voted for it. It was a big deal, and we saved hundreds of thousands of dollars 
by not having to do our own elections. One of the cities in the South Bay sued, saying that the law did not explicitly apply to charter cities. Whittier is a charter city, it's like our constitution, as opposed to general law cities, which fall back on the state's constitution. Well, that lawsuit prevailed at the appellate court level, was not taken up by the state Supreme Court. And now what do you think the majority on the city council did once that law changed? Do you think that they changed the law? Well, now, right now, we our last election was during the state primary, and the party in the majority, I'm not supposed to be partisans here, so I'll just say the majority party actually did really did perform really well in that election. But do you think they said, wow, with looks like with mo, more voter participation, we get a chance to reach more voters. We have a chance to grow our base in the city. Do you think they moved it to a general, the state's general election, which sometimes has upwards of 70, 80 percent voter turnout? What do you think? No, they changed it back to April off-cycle elections. Now, the thing is, people don't know what they don't know. So people don't have a history of voting in April off-cycle elections. They typically don't begin to vote in them, right? Very busy lives. It's really hard for them to figure out what's going on in local politics. But it's much the same in the, in the federal government. Right? Your neighbors, your friends, your loved ones, they don't know too much about the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. They don't know what gerrymandering is. They probably think it's some kind of fish. But it's up to you, it's up to us to not give up. It's up to us to keep this conversation going. It's up to us to keep the flame burning. And that's why I'm so thankful to you, Richard, for keeping on doing this with the media, it's always moving and looking for the next big thing, right? But it's gonna come back. It's gonna come back around. And voting is gonna be at the top of the ticket again. It's just a matter of being patient and not giving up. It's a matter of voting for candidates who care about this issue and are not gonna stop. So I, I got a call from the Whittier Daily News yesterday and I'm running for state senate. You know, you're supposed to be nice to the state legislators, right? Because they, you know, you don't want them to be on your bad side if you're running for state office. You want to keep it copacetic, right? Better off not being critical of what goes on in Sacramento, because ultimately, you're going to be one of them. But I don't want to be one of them. I want to be one of us. Always and truly. So I told the newspaper, that what we need is for our state legislators to step up. To step up. I know they're not too busy to take a call from a lobbyist. I know they're not too busy to take a call from Big Tobacco or Big Oil or any other special interests. So why are they too busy to add a single sentence to this law and to make it say, this law applies to chartered cities? Who is it benefiting to keep April off cycle elections? Not me. And more importantly, not you and not your neighbors. Democracy dies in the darkness. Like the Washington Post byline says. So, I don't have all the answers. I wish I had a specific button that we could all press right now to fix all these issues. 
That's one of the hardest parts of democracy. We live in a federal system. A lot of what we do here today may not have much of an impact on what's going on in Florida or Texas. But that doesn't mean we give up. That doesn't mean we stop. We, we have to set the example here. So Richard's got a lot better idea of what you can do. I hope he's going to come up here and tell us what we do have control over. Because that's a really important thing. See, I was a nobody when I came to Whittier. I was, I didn't know hardly a single person. But that didn't stop me. And we're going to do it. We're going to fight this off. We're going to look at, back at this and we're going to be proud. Proud of what we accomplished. See, in England, they have statues now to Emily Davison. Because instead of watching or listening to the Darby on the radio, she went out there and she made a difference. And you guys came out here, you're making a difference. We're going to make a difference together. And I really look forward to supporting you on this journey. Thank you. All right. So what I'd like to do now is maybe take questions or have people come up and speak so to the community. And um, I have a friend named Maggie Mo who wants to say something, so. Good morning. My name is Maggie Mo, and I just wanted to give you a little bit of a history about what is happening in the beautiful city of Whittier. I came to, I moved to District 1 in 2016, and at that time, three or four people had to sue the city of Whittier so that we could vote in districts. They did not want us to vote in districts. They wanted to keep it the way, you know, uh, the way it's always been. In District 1, only 5% of the community were voting in District 1. That's a very sad state of affairs. So in 2016, we were able to get Josue Alvarado elected, our first representative in District 1. We hadn't had representation in District 1 in over 120 years. When we were able to vote in the national elections, it went from 5%, and in the national elections, it went up to 33%. My goal is to get people to go out and vote because our forefathers fought hard so that we could vote. And when people start manipulating, when our representatives start manipulating our vote habits, that is not a good thing. It is very important that people go out to vote, and we should all, I think good representation of the city would want every single person to go out and vote, right? It's, it's important to go out and vote. I, see, uh, vote. I see the manipulation as voter suppression, and voter suppression is not a good thing. It's not good for our city. It's not good that, that it's manipulated to say, well, at the end of the evening, we'll know who, if we, if we have people vote in April or in June, we're going to know who the incumbent, who's going to win, who's going to represent our city, the same people that have represented the city. Well, I just want to say that it's very important that people go out to vote, that we have the opportunity to go out and vote. And I want to thank you for being here today. Um, thank you for coming, and this is so important. So let's get the word out. I have a friend who always says that there's a solution to every problem. So if they're going to set us back, so that people don't go out and vote. Let's get together and get out and vote. Thank you. So I want to give everybody the 
opportunity to ask questions or anything. I'll give you a little rundown. Things are happening nationally. The, there, we have 50 votes for the For the People Act. Uh, all we need to do is deal with the filibuster. And our democracy, yeah, our democracy is at risk right now. We have a slow rolling coup going on. It's still happening. We just lived through an attempted and failing coup, and they're coming back. Democracy is not perfect, and we need to keep fighting for it. We need to keep perfecting it. We need to keep making it better because it's an ongoing process, and we're going to be fighting, even in countries that are ruled by dictators, the struggle for democracy goes on. And no matter what happens, we will be fighting for democracy and for everyone's right to vote. Because that's the only system, as imperfect as it is, that can represent the will of the people. Thank you very much. Yes, and we need to work on Feinstein because she needs to know. We need to be calling her about the filibuster. Um, and we also need to be calling the president and asking him to step up as well. We shouldn't have to be doing this, but let's do it. Yes. We should have to, we do have to recognize that we're going to have to fight for democracy all the time. And we're going to have to continue to fight for democracy. And because it's never going to be perfect and there's always going to be forces aligned against it. Does anybody else have any questions or want to say something? I'm not going to take up too much time, but I don't think it can be possible to put too fine of a point on this. The filibuster. If you've seen the uh, movie The Shawshank Redemption, where Andy Dufresne gets tossed in the hole, and uh, the warden comes and he says, I'm going, the, all the money, all the corruption is going to stop. And the warden says, nothing stops. Nothing stops. Or I'll cast you down. You, you know the scene? Okay, with the filibuster, everything stops. If we don't get rid of the filibuster, everything stops. I don't think it can be emphasized enough. Because if the filibuster remains in place, nothing can be done. We've watched it. It's been like the biggest effort. And, and I think everybody should be proud of the efforts they're making. But once it runs, and it's not even a real filibuster, right. it's a push button. They don't have to stand up here with, you know, a pitcher of water and stand at the podium and, and yammer until they run out of gas. All they have to just do is go, and everything stops. Everything. And, and all the efforts that everyone's making amounts to a metal lark beating you to death with a tulip because of the filibuster. Uh, that's, that's, I'm out, but that's all I wanted to say. That's how important filibuster is. Yeah, the, the filibuster can be changed. It can be an exception for protecting democracy because uh, our way of life is threatened. Our de very democracy is threatened. The right to vote is threatened. These are fundamental rights, and there should be an exception. But we need to pass a lot of laws we need to deliver for the people, and it's already, the uh, Senate is already anti-majoritarian, because every state gets two representatives regardless of their population. So we don't need another anti-majoritarian 
procedure on top of that. Any, any other questions or comments about the situation that we're in, the dire situation that we're in with democracy? And think about it. If democracy falls in the United States, where does democracy go in the rest of the world? We fail the rest of the world by failing to support democracy, by supporting dictators. Now it's coming back. We're going to need to stand up and demand that our country respect our votes, respect the will of the people, and actually seek the will of the people and not create laws that make it harder for people to vote, make lower voter turnout. No, we should make it easier to vote. We should make sure every citizen is able to vote. Every citizen has rights because it's fundamental, God-given, sacred right to rule ourselves. All right, thank you for coming, everybody. This has been Bible Study for Progressives. If you enjoyed the program, please subscribe to our podcast or put us in your favorites and write a five-star review. Tell your friends about us and share us on social media. Follow us on Facebook and click the donate button at modernlectionaries.blogspot.com. Your support will help us reach more people, produce more and better shows, and cover the cost of production. Feel free to send me a note or comment on the show. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Rich Proceda. Thank you for listening.